<laughs> Welcome to Miami Nights episode three. This damn Zoom background is ruining my my mojito game. Welcome, Katie. Hi, welcome to Miami Nice. Oh, so I, um, a, I made a pineapple mojito. Oh my god, pineapple! I'm I, I, I love my near dirty mojito. I'm all I'm all about the dirties at the moment. I just I can't get enough of them. Um, they just really I'll make, make one, of those, one of these weeks. I'll make a. They're really mojito. good. They're really good. I think. Uh, in our next episode, um, I might just be sliding straight into whiskey. I think maybe if we, if, if any topics get more serious, we're just like, I'm getting to the hard stuff. Like I want it neat. Like there's no ice, no lime. Let's just get into this. My, my, the, the drink that like keeps coming up from the bottom of the screen, it's going to be like changing every single time. It'll be like, <laughs> It'll be like the whole bottle. It'll just be like, like I have like a whole bar on the floor. I'm just every time, like, what's she going to lift up next time? <laughs> Oh, who knows? Who knows? But we hope you're enjoying the show so far. Uh, we've gone from an hour talking about three different people's accents. Um, yeah. Now, now to a, a huge and serious topic, Colin Farrell's mullet. It's, it's beautiful. And, it's, and what is so frustrating to me right now is its influence and people not treating it seriously enough, Katie, uh, as far as a fashion icon statement. Yeah. And it was deeply underrated at the time. And I just feel like, I, I, and, and you said last week, every, every week, Blake, please come with a theory. You bet your sweet ass I brought a theory this week. Yes, theories. <laughs> um, well, Blake, just in the same way that you choose to celebrate his mullet, I, I choose to celebrate his mustache. Mm. Um, and this week I have brought two haikus that I have written about <laughs> that, that handlebar. Just want to... Uh. Grab onto it. Take <laughs> <laughs> it for a spin. I cannot wait to hear them. So I think we have to talk about lineage of Michael Mann and Miami Vice. So Miami Vice, even as like recently as, I'm just going to go to the specific date. It was a cool little Esquire article, uh, Esquire article all the way up to 2015. That if you go for a search and it'll be linked in the show in notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or in the description of our podcast, if you're just listening to it, but it's basically talking about a fashion supercut of the original TV series, Miami Vice is an eighties horror movie. Like it's like a horror movie of all of the bad looks. And I think that that, that actually makes me feel like a very Aussie thing. Cause in Australia, we call it cultural cringe. Like, and it sort of became popularized by uh, a really dominant film critic in the country, kind of our, you know, an equivalent to like Roger Ebert sort of uh, uh, person um his name david stratton and he he was a critic who watched every australian film throughout the 80s and in australia just so you know there were like hundreds of films and maybe five good ones in the 80s and you know what all of them are um you know the mad maxes and the peter weir films and and yeah. you know all, all, all those sorts of films like the australian new wave you know all those filmmakers yeah. um everything else is absolute garbage like 99 percent of it is horrible and so there became this big thing of like these kind of our equivalent to rednecks like bogans and they have this like cultural cringe reaction and so when i look at this i'm like i think people go oh it's cultural cringe it's like 80s it's like gross it's tacky but it's like man there were people who they looked at in miami and they modeled all the characters off of and there were decades of people who dressed like these characters for years and years after like they just like it, it was such an icon at the time and i think that that can't be dismissed when you're talking about this movie or just Miami Vice in general. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, my mom had a clothing store in the eighties in the Caribbean and like she sold all those poofy shorts and pleated and like, like these pants that had like a wraparound Velcro with like a giant pleat. And (laughs) I mean, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And I still kind of is. I mean, I look at, I was looking, I was doing a little uh peruse of the google image search of don johnson and and um you know he looks good that's just all i'm gonna say he looks good he's he's so good and you know what we talk about in this show a couple of times the audacity the audacity and, and like and like to wear pleated shorts and boat <laughs> shoes and like a pastel shirt with a blazer yeah and still be like to look at that guy like don johnson and be like man, he looks so good. He just looks so, so damn good. Like it's, it's, it's stupid. He pulls off like wearing like white, huge ballooningly billowingly pleated pants (laughs) with like a pink shirt tucked in and like a bright blue blazer. And you're like, he does it. But it's interesting because when I was looking, I was like, he's such a pretty boy. And you know, his hair is like, fully blown dried for the gods and um he's just gorgeous and yes. and like i and listen like colin farrell absolutely gorgeous as well in this but he's it's not the same vibe it is not pretty boy no. it's not pink pants it's not it is like no. full dirt bag chic and i'm here for that for sure <laughs> you know the other thing is that like there is an element of if the you life. owned a store that was a clothing <laughs> store and it wasn't called dirtbag chic well i don't know if we could be friends anymore i love dirtbag <laughs> chic like chris whenever kristen stewart like fully embraces her dirtbaggy self like i love that um you know when she was on hot ones she was oh, yeah full dirtbag and um but uh yeah, but so I what I like about it though is that it's like two distinct Sunny Crockett's. So it's not he's like I'm not doing Don Johnson. I am like making a totally new character. I'm like kind of a weird '70s dirtbag, and that's my thing that I'm doing, and and I I appreciate that. Yeah, and so you've got just how crazy iconic that series is in terms of fashion, and I think right. that some folk when fans of the show were like, oh my God, they're finally making a Miami Vice movie. That was exactly what they were looking for. They were looking for the pastels. They were looking for the colors. They were looking for the good looks. They were looking for the intoxicants. And like, whether it's both the fact that they shot it around the hurricane, we're going to blame so much on the hurricane, but it's like, whether they shot it then or what, like the time had clearly changed. They were modernizing absolutely everything. It's a completely different look. Like the whole show and movie feel is much more of like, the movie feels like a Michael Mann, what we'd consider a Michael Mann aesthetic. And mm. the show feels like TV, man. Like it's, it's, it's looser. It's, it's a bit more like poppy. Um, and so I think Vice has a lot to answer for in like just 80s action in general, because it was so dominant in the culture and all of the heroes wanted to be like Don Johnson that it like rolls through all of like big 80s characters, even like pretty boys like Patrick Swayze or like uh, an Aussie beefcake like mel gibson when he comes along at the time of like the maxis and lethal weapons like they're all adorned in the same mullety things they're all doing that same version 
And I very recently, I have to make a confession on this show because some people might be shocked. I watched Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze movie for the first time, only like days ago. Okay. Church. <laughs> church. Church. <laughs> and I don't know I what watched, else to say except just church. <laughs> it's, the be- it's the best response of all time. But <laughs> I watched that and I'm like, that whole aesthetic, it's like Roadhouse is like where Miami Vice stops and where the Chicago Bulls from the last dance wardrobe starts. Like it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the point in which both those things intersect. Like there's all those dumb oversized suits start coming in. Like none of the colors are there. It's all like, it's all sort of like tempered down into those d- darker colors and things that you would notice. And that we've all just been leaving living daylights out of the whole time. The last dance has been on Netflix or on um, uh, wherever you're watching it in the world, however you're consuming it, that's where it is. But I feel like at that point as well, there was like that split between like eighties and then modernity and, and those different, those different kinds of tough guys. I think Michael Mann had gone past the, like the pretty boy tough guy. Cause that's like such an eighties thing. Like Patrick Swayze, yeah is too good looking to be a tough guy in like 2006. It's just like, nah, you're going to get the dirt bag version of you. Yeah. And even in point break, even in point break, they kind of dirt bag him out to make him like, you know, if we, he's still going to be pretty, but we're going to give him some, some five o'clock shadow. Yeah. But I think like point break, you know, I think it's really, I've been thinking a lot about Catherine Bigelow for reasons that will become apparent, but um, I think she is a great connoisseur of like male beauty and I think that she like takes these actions, she takes Swayze and Keanu who are kind of like just utterly beautiful men. Yes. They're yes. not Stallones, they're not Schwarzeneggers as, and makes them action heroes. And it's really this, this movie about like this relationship between them. And, um, you know, I think that that's like her, you like sort of like distinctive uh, mark on that film you know is the way that it's it's an action film it's like one of it's the best or maybe one of the best action films but like she's like she's a real she's got a real taste for like male and it's in the church of hot fuzz to speak of church we love hot fuzz for praising (laughs) the church of that movie Ah! (laughs) yes so good (laughs) shoot shoot into the sky Ah! so good so good Um, but yeah, I, but I do think that like, you know, Michael Mann is like, that's not his thing. And like, and, and so I, I think it would be totally out of character with this movie for, for Crockett to be anything but what he is. And like, he does need to, like I've said before, like he has this like feral quality. Um, and I think that kind of like 70s biker look that he kind of has is, is like part of what makes him authentic. And, but it's so funny because I'm like, I was looking at these pictures of Don Johnson. I'm like, what Miami Vice cop is wearing this outfit and like being taken seriously? I mean, I know it's like kind of a fantasy and like a joke for like an 80s sitcom, but I'm like, who's taking him serious? Like, yeah, this guy's gonna like run the transpo for the loads. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, no, yeah. not with those pants. Not, not with, with those, those pants. pants. You're out of here. But I do, you know, there is an element of, of function because, you know, it's quite hot and humid. So, you know, you got to have something that breathes. Now, this dirtbag sheik that comes through, this is where my, my actual theory comes. So mm-hmm. I had never seen Roadhouse. And so I obviously knew about Swayze's beauty. Uh, my wife and I have many times watched Dirty Dancing and I love Point Break. So I think that there's like the two poles of his beauty, yeah. like right there, like there. But after watching Roadhouse, I realized that, if you were to say what you wanted Colin Farrell to look like in Miami Vice, it would be 
how do I how do I face merge Sam Elliott, who is maybe the hottest man in the history of men in Roadhouse? Absolutely no and, contest. And Swayze, like you want someone who's kind of mullety and got the chic, <laughs> but you want the Sam Elliott because you can't you, like I just imagine when he talks about his dad, who's like in a band in, for the Almond Brothers. I'm like his dad's Sam Elliott from Roadhouse. Like let's be really <laughs> clear that that's who it is because like I think that Colin Farrell has that dirt bag down. He's got the messy look. He's got the hair, but it's kind of not quite there. It's like a, a love child of those two guys together. But like, that's my theory for for that look and and how influential it is in connecting like eras of like yeah. what male power and sexiness and awesomeness is in, in an action movie. I, I totally buy this theory, and and you've really shown your work, and you've shown the math. Um, <laughs> I also think, yeah, like like Colin Farrell's hair in Miami Vice is like weirdly highlighted like you don't see mm. it all the time and then i was just re-watching it in the scene where he's in the limo with gong lee you see like the back of his head and you're like oh it's like full blonde highlights yes and then he's got the mustache which is very sam elliott so it's like they just like put like blonde swayze's like- blonde hair <laughs> and sam elliott's facial hair that was the composite when they cut it out of a magazine and they said this is what we want him to look like before the casting right, that they, was those they two made a little, like collage oh god we need to get the hair and makeup person on this podcast yes whoever you, i'm gonna look them up right now whoever yeah, you are we're gonna find your name right now and shout you out live the makeup department i'm gonna just go to a makeup artist carla and Anton- Antonino, Rob Bryson, who is the additional hairstylist. Another hairstylist in the Dominican Le- Republic is Adria Carrasco. Um, so if you, and Marianne Valdez was a, a hairstylist, looks like in the US. So if you are any part of the makeup department team of this movie, we want to talk to you on this show. We need to. Yeah, we need to we prove need- these theories. These are definitive. <laughs> yeah. We need the original collage. <laughs> that was created. I will purchase it off eBay for an auction for charity or something. <laughs> but, but now this is where I think the influence goes crazy is like in Australia, we have rugby league. You guys have the, like NFL and yeah. un- uh, the difference in like NFL, it happens a little bit more in basketball, but there's like, you know, very style aware players who like get their hair perfectly faded and manicured and you know, all about the look free and post game. But one thing that Australian rugby league has that has in common with like MMA is this affinity to look a like a dirt bag intended or not. So if you're a fighter in rugby league, it's like the toughness factor, you don't want to have a bit of grizzle, but I think it's this affinity for what I call like, and what is called in Australia. And this is a very Australian slang. So forgive me, I'll explain what it means. A shit I love chop. Wearing... Wait, what's it called? It's called a shit chop, which means it's an, an intentionally shit haircut that gives you like a disgusting mullet or intentional disgusting handlebar mustache and shave so that like you could be a really ravishingly good looking footy player, but they intentionally give themselves a shit chop just to make their fellow colleagues laugh or to like make themselves intentionally uglier for whatever reason. And I think that Colin Farrell's look is the shit chop. Like it is, it is literally like every guy who plays rugby league in Australia right now is like, I'm going to cut my hair into a disgusting mullet, maybe color it. I've got black hair. I'm going to like really shittily bleach it. And I'm then going to do the, the handlebar disgusting mustache. Mm. It's such, it is a look. It is a look that has been happening in Australian sports for years. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm anchoring it to this movie. 
You know what? There is a phenomenon of that happening in the States as well. And it happens in hockey. And it specifically happens in like high school hockey in like Minnesota. And they, <laughs> there's like a, a very specific like hockey haircut, which is a mullet. And, it, and they call it lettuce because it's like salad, like coming out of your helmet or something. I, for, like, I, I am like not familiar with hockey culture at all, but um, there are these really funny video compilations that this guy does where it's like, a, it's like the Minnesota teen hockey league or whatever. And they, they do this thing where they like skate up to the camera and they like say their name and they're like, Luke Williams. And then they skate back and this guy just like rates all their hair because they, they are clearly doing crazy mustaches, crazy hair, crazy, like they've got like civil war era, like mutton chops and like mullets. And they're like, you know, shithead, like 16 year olds from Minnesota. And they're like, they're just doing it because it makes their friends laugh. So. <laughs> and, and and it's also like the helmet thing. That's why Australian rugby league is different because it's a it's like a it's a football game that you you haven't got a helmet. So right. your head is your head is on show. Like in the NFL, it's so hard to differentiate. You know, like there's that oh. great Pittsburgh player in the NFL, Troy Polamalu, who had like mm, used to have yes. those amazing locks that would like yeah. huge, you know, Samoan locks or whatever they were, like coming out of the back of his helmet. It looked amazing. But like there's they're rare. Like they're not, it's not the everyday to have your hair like flowing out of the back of your helmet. Whereas in Australia, it's like, no, you can see their faces. You can see everyone's face. So you can have like a beautiful gleaming ball head or you can do this. Another one for our international fans. It's called a scullet, which is very popular, which is where you completely shave the top of your head and then have the disgusting mullet come out from the top. So your skull is exposed. It's, it's, (laughs) I just want to tell you it's the worst. Like I played football when I was, when I was a young kid and there was like this really attractive guy on our team always pulled the girls. And then one day he just came to football training with a skullet to make us all laugh. It worked, but he had to live with that disgusting hair for like weeks after. And his very attractive girlfriend, his very attractive girlfriend was just like, Oh my God, why did you do that? Why did you do that? You look so disgusting now, but you know, that's it, it. It is what it is. I just think that, (laughs) <laughs> I think that this, I think that this hair, this dirtbag chic, it's so like, it's so the, uh, it's, it's like the, it's a riff on the same look. Cause like in the show, Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs were so different. Like they were kind of different levels of fashion iconography. You know, they had completely different looks. Whereas I feel like Michael Mann's update makes Colin Farrell stand out a little bit more because Jamie Foxx can just pull off anything and it's kind of pretty muted. You know, they're not, they're not using all these big bright colors and stuff like that. So Jamie Foxx always looks a million bucks in whatever they're in, but it's the fact that Colin Farrell's got that kind of twisted kind of dirt bag edge to it that kind of gives it all that influence and people reflect on it and go, Oh my God, man, he looks like such a dirt bag. He's great. He's wonderful. Yeah. But I still like him. I still think he's hot. I mean, but I also like totally go for Sam Elliott and Roadhouse. Oh. So. Sam, like that is the definitive take of this show so far. Is Sam Elliott has is the hottest man who's ever lived in Roadhouse. There's just no one else hotter. He's got the hair, the face, the voice. Like, stop, just stop. You know, I've never seen that. I know, I've never seen the movie, um, the lifeguard that he stars in. Have you ever seen this? Like, I'm gonna Google it while we're talking. Just Google image search. There's like a picture. It's just like Sam Elliott, the lifeguard, and there's just like a picture of him in like a tank top. And he looks super hot. 
<laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my report. Oh, 19... <laughs> 1975. Is he in a tank top or is that his chest hair? Is another question for you. Oh, it is, well, you is, know, I was, I'm actually just grubbing through my DVDs trying to find my Roadhouse DVD. <laughs> oh, look, I found it. Oh, my God. There it is. There it is. But yeah, I watched it for the first time and I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And it was so, it was just, he felt like there was like a kinship between the Sam Elliott of that movie and Colin Farrell. That same like- I, I, super- I truly love that, that lineage, that, that historical <laughs> DNA that we are you know, tracing. Um, oh God, if only there was throat ripping in Miami Vice. There might've been an alternate cut. Yeah. <laughs> an alternate cut. I had a lot of people shocked that I hadn't seen it and were like, wow, you are, you're That's in for okay. a treat. You know what? The blind spots are okay. I'm filling in all my alien blind spots this week and I'm having a ball. Having a friggin' ball. Yeah. Oh, I saw. I was, I'm excited. But you know, I think it's like blind, blind spots are good. And especially now in the time of COVID, um, there are so many cool things like Mubi. Uh, the the streaming service movie has like now they used to just curate like lists of their movies. They're now like our entire library is open and they have I one of the that. most in, in one of the most intimidating movie libraries. So if you haven't seen some stuff, get out there and see it, but I'm going to chase down the lifeguard. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll do like a, we'll <laughs> so suddenly our, our podcast is just about Sam Elliott. We're like this <laughs> right, week we're on Miami three... Vice, uh, Miami nice, a star is born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that that's like, when I look back at these guys, I try and think about those influences and man is such a, you know, like it's so funny and we're going to probably talk about it in more in upcoming episodes, but like he, he thinks and talks about characters, parents and characters, grandparents and where people come from so much that it's kind of fun to riff on like, well, if you're imagining what a truck driver looked like in the early seventies, who just went around the country, but you're having a glamorized, hollywood opioid you know fueled version of that like it's like well you dream that he looked like sam elliott dream that he was like that as opposed to the reality right like the (laughs) the extras in roadhouse as opposed to as opposed to sam elliott you know yeah it's also just interesting to look at like industry trends and like you know and see who uh, like you know according to uh, what's going on in the world? Like why, why we need a Stallone, why we need like mm. the, a Schwarzenegger in the eighties and, and these super pumped up like monster dudes. And then we get into more of the like point break guys. And then we get to like Die Hard, and, or that, I think Die Hard's before point break. Die Hard's, yeah, know. a little bit before, but, but yes, it's, they're, but they're in the same. More, like every man kind mm. of uh, characters. And then, yeah, it's like it's interesting to think about where um, Colin fits in this, especially like he's had such a weird, interesting career and like done some action movies that were kind of bad, and and like everyone was like he's the next big thing, and now he's like turned more towards acting, like auteurist, like method acting and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's interesting to see like how does he fit into like a trend or a mold, or is he like breaking that? And I feel like he like especially in this movie, they're going for something kind of like authentic and. Um, and, you know, trying to really get into this idea of like a vice cop, like who would believe this person who goes so deep in, he almost goes too far. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing because I often think about it. It's like in a lot of undercover stuff, 
in a lot of undercover movies and things like that. And like one of my favorites, because we're just speaking about Point Break, but like Tom Sizemore as the undercover guy in Point Break, who when they break into that original surf gang's like lair and they find this guy mm-hmm. is the perfect encapsulation of like the best undercover cop guy I've ever seen on screen because he is disgusting. He looks like he hasn't <laughs> showered. His hair is gross. Like he looks completely unhinged. Like he hasn't slept in weeks and, and you know, we know how method Tom Sizemore is. Um, so he probably did all of that, but, but it's like, I love that so much because it actually yeah. makes sense. This is a guy you can totally see having gotten stuck with this gang of people and he's totally fine. You don't imagine him going into the office and looking like that. And so like with point break, when you think of like, you know, former college boy surfer guys like Keanu at that time fits that mold so perfectly. And you're like, Oh, well that's the idealized version of what that is, but that's what it is. But it's really hard in 2006 to go like, what is someone I am going to believe a could be believable to criminals who are authentically being portrayed as like someone who's going to be a bad guy versus, you know, what the Hollywood version of that is. And I think that they find a really good one. Like I think that Jamie Foxx's tubs is so underrated because he's just, he can, he seems like he can dress, he can talk, he can like, he can talk really professionally. He can talk silly. He can, he can be playful, um, but he's very dialed in. So he seems like a guy you can just swap in and swap out. But the other guy, the more, the looser, weirder guy who, still has to be front and center. Like, I think that they kind of nailed it. It was a bit of a savant kind of choice because it also, it's like Colin Farrell, but it's, which is so Colin Farrell, but it's not Colin Farrell. Like we've seen him look in any other movie. Like in a lot of movies, he's still, you know, similar dark features, usually got his short black hair, maybe very clean shaven. You know, you think of in Bruges or the recruit or those things, he kind of looks like Colin Farrell looks. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in this movie, he's like, no, we're going to have the hair and we're going to have, you're going to have be a bit beefier and you're going to have the handlebar moustache and all those sorts of things. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, and you know, man says 27 undercover, real undercover assets were interviewed and consultants on the film. And so I just wonder how much of that. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, but I wonder how much of that was like, all right, well, he has to look like these three guys, this guy's got a moustache. Let's do his hair let's try and weave in the real life people into how we think he's going to look and ended up making this like an icon. Yeah. And I also think, you know, what's interesting about both of them is like, they both have very distinctive looks, but they really are so able to like melt into the each different world that they're in. Like Mm. he can, um, uh, you know, hang with this gang, hang with that guy and be in this club, talk to this, but like, it's like, they're, they're wearing all like neutrals, dark colors, sort of like just like basic suits, basic blazers, and like uh, sometimes like a white ensemble. But, um, <laughs> you know, when they when you go to Cuba, you must wear like a whole a white outfit. Um, if you've but, driven uh, your go-fast boat 90 minutes to Cuba. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, they have that kind of like cipher uh, quality that they can, they can melt into any sort of, you know, like Colin could easily sort of like be in the Aryan Brotherhood area or like they can go hang out with the Colombians or whatever, you know, it's like they definitely have that ability to kind of like meld to whatever environment they're in. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a look. I'm sure he enjoyed uh, having that, sporting that sweet mullet uh, for it's, all of his shoot time. <laughs> maybe, like I, I saw a really, dis- I might show it in the video if you're listening. I saw a really <laughs> disgusting photo of me about 10 years ago where I was growing out my beard and my hair. 
And uh, it just happened to be a photo of me. And if I post it in the podcast for folks who are watching along, you'll see that I'm currently drawing a dick on one of my friend's heads who passed out in my house. Because I'm, I'm not a nice friend to him in particular. He's a sweetie pie. I love him to death. But he deserved that penis to be drawn on his face while he was passed out. And I've always thought, like, could I grow my hair to be like Colin Farrell? Could I do it? Like, could, it, could I? Not, and I'm, Katie, it's such a, like, it's such a, a feat of patience to grow your hair without looking like a total tool bag. Yeah. And especially then once you get there, you're not really Colin Farrell. I'm just me that's trying, trying really hard. And then we'll do it for one episode of the show. And then the next day it'll be back to this. It'll be back to this. So um, maybe it's just, let's find a wig that I can butcher and that will be yeah. enough. Oh my God. We should both do it. <laughs> oh I'll put yes. on a fake mustache. I'll shave my face. At least I've got the yeah. face right. I'll shave my yeah. face to have exact uh, movie scale. And then, and then I'll just get a wig and then we can yeah. do it. You, you just can get a blonder wig. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, if you start now, if you start today, by <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> by Halloween, you can do this. Yeah. Look, if we're in ISO for this long and I don't have to see other people except for you via Zoom, <laughs> then, then growing my hair to that length might not be a problem. <laughs> this, is, this is achievable. We can, we can make this happen. Okay. Well. But do we if, want to? <laughs> now. Now, if enough people contact us after listening to this that demand it, <laughs> I'll do it. Because that's the kind of that's the kind of host I can be. This is the where we've of... gotten. We we haven't even <laughs> finished one drink. <laughs> I've got, but I've lined up the second. You know, we're just like ready you to. Got two. <laughs> I, I said, Katie, I'm like, this is a, a, this is a two mojito show. This is a yeah. two mojito and gin tonic show. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a party. I, yeah. So, you know, I, I also, I really, I love the mustache. I know we've talked about the mustache a lot. I'm a big mm. fan of a handlebar mustache. Um, I did write a couple of verses. I think this uh, is the perfect love, way to end this episode. I would love to, to share them with you. Please, please. <laughs> I was going to write watching, for, for, for people watching, my face isn't going to be here anymore. It's going to be a still of Colin Farrell's face where my head is. So when Katie's reading the haikus, it's going to look like she's directly conversing with the handlebar mustache. Okay. <laughs> Play like a little um, music bed underneath. Little beautiful harp sound. <laughs> We're in a spa. Okay. Handlebar mustache glistening in the sunlight. He won't steer you wrong. That's the first one. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I nearly spat my drink out when I... <laughs> he won't steer you wrong. Um, okay, here's the second one. I think this one is... The second one is better. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to get through this. Okay. I'm going to look away. I'm not going to actually yeah, look, look away. at you look away. <laughs> I'm looking away. <laughs> Sunny Crockett Scheme. Bacardi mojito scene, go fast in my dreams. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. really good. That's go fast one. in my dreams. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Love that. I love that. Guys, this has been like, look, this has been another episode of Miami Nice. That's the show. So we hope you enjoy. That's the show. We'll catch you on another episode of Miami Nice next week. <laughs>